I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard Entertainment and its games. And this week we had a lot to watch because it's been the launch of Battle for Azeroth. And quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed I'm not currently playing it. But, you know, hey, these things happen. Uh, with me this week, we've got a brand new host and, uh, you know, our, our always here host. So I'm going to introduce her first because, like I said, she's always here. Uh, Ann Stickney has been on the show more than I have. How you been, Ann? Have I? Yes, you, I've missed two and you missed one. I think I've missed a couple. Well, wait, no, one of them I think we actually like just canceled the yeah, show all together. We didn't we didn't do a show that week because there was no okay. one to record it. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I I wanted a vacation real bad. <laughs> anyway, hi. What have you been up to? He asks as if there was going to be any other answer. <laughs> Rolling around in Tiragard sound. I'm level I just hit 114 yesterday, so I'm like a chunk of the way into 114 and I'm not even done with Tiragard sound yet. I think I only have a little bit left, though. I don't think that I'm going to hit 115 before I leave Terragard. But, man, there's a lot of stuff to do. Like, a lot of stuff to do, leveling-wise. And I'm one of those crazy people that wants to finish every quest in a zone before I move on. So, that would be why I'm approaching 115 and I'm still in Terragard. <laughs> it's because I have to do everything. Everything. All right. Okay. Uh, also with us this week, this is your first time on the show, so I'll let you introduce yourself, Tyler. I'm Tyler. I'm. I just got hired onto Blizzard Watch. I've been doing a lot of streaming for the site, and I'm also writing for it. And yeah, this is my first podcast. So I guess I technically haven't missed a podcast. Yeah. Nope. You've been here for every single yeah, one you were supposed 100%. to. It's such a good start. <laughs> yeah, Tyler <laughs> yeah, is one half of our stream team that does streaming regularly, and Tyler also writes for the site. Sorry, Rossi, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were saying? I'm just saying it would be awfully awkward for him to have missed this show. Yeah. <laughs> if it's his first show. That would have been a good start at all. Yes. That but, would have uh, been okay. a good way to guarantee you didn't get a second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's uh, find out what you've been up to this week, Tyler. Uh, if, I've, also again... been, I've also been leveling into your regard and being distracted. I'm actually, like, I'm only, like, 112, I think. I've been leveling with uh, our other streamer, Nico, 
but I'm I'm super like I I really like Tier Guard and I'm I'm like excited about moving through the other uh, places. But I'm very very curious about the Horde side of things. Um, I just really want to know like what's happening with like the Loa and I, I just I think I really like Morales and stuff, but I really want to see Zandalar. Yeah, it's total. Uh... I've I've been hitting multiple characters and I'm gonna get on my horde fairly soon. I feel I'm... like what I might do here is finish Tear Guard on my Alliance character and then park her in an inn somewhere and go do Nazmir over on Horde side and like flip back and forth. I don't know. I've considered doing that too, switching back. I don't and forth. know because I want to take advantage of the rest XP, but at the same time, I I really I want to see what's in Stormsong Valley. You know. Yeah, that is the problem. It's. I feel weird doing this and we just moving right on into talking about the game, I think at this point, but one of the things that you feel almost like you've got too much to do, it's like all this content. Oh my God, all these different zones, all this stuff. But it's like, you want to pace yourself because all you're going to do if you rush yourself through it is tire yourself out and then you won't have new content for a while. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I ran my first dungeon yesterday. Um, I forget which one it was. It's the one with all the, uh, the water priests. I can't remember the name. Wow. Oh, that's... I can't. Oh, yeah, I can't remember I'm... the name of that one. But well, that's not Freehold, I should say. You should it's, look it's... it up on your in your dungeon journal. I should do that. Yeah, just look it Plus up I'm in your st- dungeon journal real quick. Oh, but I can't. You can't. Okay, I don't have the one of the bars that they don't give you an elf. You have to like uh, activate it. Is the little mini bar with all oh. the stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't know what the hockey is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. So either. you don't have everything all set up yet. No, I haven't been bothering on this character because it's not like it matters. Oh, okay. Shrine of the Storm. Shrine of the Storm. That would, yeah, that sounds like that sounds like it's the one. Okay. okay. But yeah, I did that one yesterday. It was fine. Um, it continued World of Warcraft streak of dropping absolutely nothing for me in dungeons, <laughs> uh, but it was actually a fun dungeon, and there's a huge lore reveal at the end of it, which I'm not going to talk about other than to say it is there. So if you guys obviously want... I need to head, maybe Nazmir will have to wait a bit longer. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like I need to do some dungeons. Really want to dig around in troll territory, though. I mean, come on. there's so much there's, to do. There's a, a huge, lot. There's a huge lore reveal at the end of the uh, the storyline for Zoldazar as well. So you're going to get huge lore reveals no matter what you do. I I say just do whatever feels good because man, there is a ton to do. Let's let's actually talk about some specific stuff here. I'm going to ask each of you guys. Right now, what's been your like favorite part and your least favorite part of the expansion? Don't don't, you know, don't have to get negative or anything, but just like what did you like the most and what do you feel like, "Oh, that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be." We'll start uh, with this. Okay. What? We're starting with you. Oh, okay. Um, what have I liked so far? The characters like every character that I've run into and interacted with and taken a quest from has been like a fully realized character. I haven't run into any cookie cutter people. Not really. Not, not while I've been questing. Everybody's got like a reason for being where whoever's doing all the quest text, like the quest team over there. Good job. Cause I haven't run into any that have bored me yet. I haven't run into any that were just like, go get me six zebra hooves from zebras who just don't have hooves for some reason (laughs) like i'm not running like everything is really engaging and really well written the thing that's bugging me right now and i'm hoping that maybe we'll we'll see it come back at some point the group finder the fact that it doesn't have that auto accept on it anymore it means that 
for these quests where it's like, oh, hey, you should get three people to do this. You go to look, you click the little button in your little quest UI thing, and it pops up a bunch of different groups of people who are looking for somebody to kill that particular mob that takes three people to do. And when you click on it, you never get ex accepted to a group because there's no auto accept anymore. And nine times out of ten, when you go to like apply to that group, they're already killing that mob, so they don't even notice that you've want to join or anything like that and it's making it really clunky and weird luckily I could solo all of those things pretty effectively um, I don't know if that's the case for every class but with my rogue I'm pretty good at soloing all of those things so I don't even bother using the group finder right now and that yeah. seems kind of backwards yeah I, I can relate to that you Tyler, should be encouraging people to use that thing anyway yeah sorry. I'm not sure why they got rid of the auto accept thing but yeah um, my favorite thing so far has been Boralis which maybe is a more boring answer but I just really like like running around Boralis and seeing like it's such a different city I feel like from the the previous ones like even like just Dalaran which we've been in a lot like it's just such a it's really dense and I like like I think the NPCs change right like based on the time of day and stuff like yeah it's such a I like like traveling around it and like learning where things are and sort of like understanding kind of the culture there. Like, and it's just like, and I guess like the design of the place and the colors, like I really, really like the sort of darker grays aesthetic with the greens. It's just a really like, it's a city that like, I finally feels like that a one that I like really like the aesthetics of. Cause I sort of have never been a huge fan of like, um, even like, like I guess Dalaran and, and the other, the other cities in the previous expansions, like even Shatrath, like I like Shatrath cause it's like nostalgic, but it's a little, you know, it's not my, my thing. Shatrath was so, a little too spread out. Yeah, that was, yeah, I guess like in terms of like actual like functionality, it's not the greatest, but I, I have also, I've also gotten lost a lot in Paralysis, but I kind of like that because it's like, you notice things like, I think we found like, there's like a dog, there's like a dog, uh, it was like a pet area, like a, you rough go pet waters. a bunch of dogs. Yeah, rough waters, the good name. Um, I don't. Is there? There's a, not a cat place. There is a cat place. It's up on there the other side place. of town. Does it have an equally good name? Um, no, it's just the crazy cat lady's house. Okay, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like petting the dogs and just like she moving loves around. cats. Like if you if you open the dialogue window, she'll talk about how much she loves cats. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, there's just a lot of character, like you said, uh, you mentioned, like, liking and not having a lot of, like, stereotypical characters. I feel like even Boralis is just not, like, your stereotypical city. Like, it, it definitely feels like kind of an extension of maybe the design of, like, Suramar, but it just has this... It's it, like it just they feels took like Suramar and said, here's this, but for you this time. Yeah, and I, I, I really like that because it feels like a nice place to go back to after leveling for, like, a night or something, and I, I just really enjoyed it. But the the other thing... I guess that I haven't super liked is, I guess, well, I feel like I've gotten a, a little bit lost in Boralis a lot, but that's turned out to be okay. Um, I also want to use the rafts more. I think, like, taking the rafts instead of a flight point is kind of fun because you get to, like, travel around through the waters and just, like, look at stuff. So I want to take more rafts. But I know there's a lot of rafts throughout the map, but I don't know if, like, they're very, like, are they necessary? You both played the beta, right? Like, do you the use ferry the rafts system, a lot? The ferry system is interconnected, ferry. and you can go from place to place to place. Um, and you can go from zone to zone to zone. It It's like having an alternate flight point, really. It's like if right. there That's isn't a space for a like flight point, there's a ferry point yeah. there. Um, 
I like them. I think they take about as much time as a Griffin ride would. Yeah, they feel about the same, but I think the, like just like the the way you can just sort of look around while in them and scout out places that maybe you want to go check out is really neat. Taking that's the cool. one that's right there where you land in Boralis, taking that one out of Boralis and into the rest of Tiergard Sound is great because it takes you through the ferries like behind the city behind Boralis proper mm-hmm. so you're kind of going through all these alcoves and there's these fishing nets hanging above and it's just like this really cool aesthetic i don't know i dig it yeah it's one it's of the good. things one of the things i've noticed actually not just with those ferries but i'm going to use the ferries to spring water off of it is when you take the ferry for instance the, the one of the two people will usually start talking to you and they'll give you kind of a process of the place you're going um, oh, especially neat. when it's the first time you go there uh, they give you like a whole rundown of the area. Like when I when you go to Dristvar from Boralis, he's like, you know, you're lucky you got me doing this. Most people won't even go to Bur- to Dristvar. It's got, it got crazy there. I remember I used to go on adventures, but then you know I got bit by a wolf, so I don't go on adventures anymore. And it's just like I'm listening to this guy going, "You're nuts!" And the voice acting is really one of the things I, I noticed both when I was in Stormsong and when I was in Dristvar is every so often one of the voice actors will just absolutely nail something. Like they, they they really inhabit the character. Um, the person who does Brother Pike in Stormsong, and I'm not going to talk about his arc or anything, but when you get to Brother Pike, listen to who he is, listen to the voice. And after a little while, if you played a lot of Dragon Age games, you're going to recognize the voice actor. And if you played uh, Diablo three and played a, Crus- a male crusader, you're going to recognize the voice actor. But he's completely changed his performance. It doesn't sound like his usual roles at all. It takes you a while to like go, oh my god, it's that guy. Um, Similarly, there's a guy, Marshall, there's a Marshall in uh, Justvar when you're doing the, the witch's quest. You get to a certain point, you meet the character. And for like, it took me like five minutes of listening to this guy talk. And I'm like, that's Simon Templeman. That's, that's Simon Templeman right there. Or it's like, weren't we talking about, like, we found out that Catherine Pragmore was in Diria Varma? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, all the voice acting is like that. There's like a ton of really good voice acting. There's um, a lot of familiar voices. Guy who does Zul... Uh, for Horde side characters, I want if, if you're playing Horde, I don't want you to feel neglected here. The guy who does Volt Zul is really good, and Talanji is really good. Um, there's some. I love Talanji's voice. Ah, oh, she's so good. She's so good. It feels uh, like they also just wrote. Amazing. It feels like they gave them the writing to really deliver, like to really like make use of the voice acting too. Like there's just a lot of talking, like there's just a lot of good like lines. The, the cinematic that you, you do if you're on Lion side and you go into Kul the uh, the Jaina cinematics. Um, first off, uh, Laura Bailey has never had the opportunity to shine as Jaina like she does here. Yeah. Like Jane, they've never given her you anything. You know what I figured like out her. today? Taryn just posted on Twitter a little while ago. Apparently, Laura Bailey, not only is she doing older Jaina's voice, obviously, but she did little girl Jaina voice, too. Yeah, oh, wow. that's that. the yeah. same actress doing both of those parts. It's crazy. She's really good. Anyway. But yeah, the voice acting is definitely some of my favorite stuff. Um, if I had something I didn't like, uh, I would say that I am not 100 percent enamored with just how enormous some of these zones are. Because I'm a compulsive person. I want to finish a zone. I want to do the whole zone and be done with it. And I'm never getting out of some of these zones. Like, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be done in Drusvar. Like, I'm still going through Drusvar on my death night. And I don't feel like I'm even half done with the zone. And I get why that is. And I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. But it's, it is frustrating for me. As somebody who, like... In Legion, I would I would clear out a zone real fast, relatively speaking. Like I would be done in Valshara 
in not that much time. And I'm still in Drosvar, and I feel like I will forever be in Drosvar, and I might as well get a house there <laughs> because that's where I live now in Drosvar. Uh, but that's kind of a it's a complaint with like a hidden good side because like there's a ton of good stuff in Drosvar. Just in that one zone, there's a ton of stuff. I'd completely missed. I did the beta for months. I completely missed the quest with the little girl and the tea party, and that's all I'm saying. So yeah. But I had missed it, and Anne was like, you have to go find her. Go find her, and gave me the directions, and I went and found her. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm playing a Death Knight. Why am I scared? This this should not be scary. So, yeah. That was a really excellent part of the leveling stream. Yeah, the whole thing is just... So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm desperate to, to go over to Nazmir because I want to look at some dinosaurs. Uh, Isoldazar and Nazmir have a lot of dinosaurs, so I want to go see him. But, yeah, um... At this point, however, I should hand it over to you, Anne. If you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com/curiosity. With Curiosity Stream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be. In other words, it's kind of like Netflix, but it's for documentaries and education. Don't think that that sounds boring because it's totally not boring. There's a ton of really good documentaries on there. They've also got a ton of original educational programming like Stephen Hawking's Favorite Places. And Rossi, I know you were talking about dinosaurs. I'm guessing there's probably at least a couple of things to do with dinosaurs over on Curiosity Stream. Usually, um, yeah. <laughs> they usually are. <laughs> you could try the service with a one-week free trial and subscriptions start at just two ninety nine a month. New shows are added every week, so it's kind of we're sticking around. It's cheaper than Netflix, you guys. Anyway, you can find Curiosity Stream again. That's blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. And every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk more about Battle for Azeroth. I want to throw this one up there really fast so we can actually get it out there. Um, they announced a new Overwatch team is coming in Toronto. Is that Did they announce it or is it just really likely? I forget it's exactly. It's really likely. Work. ESPN had a report about it, which they've been right about the last two that just got confirmed. Um, but the last two were, I think it was uh, Atlanta and Guangzhou. Guangzhou, I think, is how you pronounce that? Guangzhou, um, yeah. Yeah, so those two teams are confirmed. This one's just another report, um, which is, yeah, Atlanta. And then they also had one uh, about Paris, which those are two like teams that are very likely Paris, to yeah. be joining. Paris, yeah. Paris hasn't been officially announced or anything yet. Yeah. Um, but they've been talking about it, rumor milling it. And I'm really excited about Toronto, though, because Canada, we haven't had any, like, that would no representation in the league yet (laughs) yeah not at all so that would be really really amazing paris would also be pretty amazing too actually for that yeah and that's like if if all those do get confirmed that's four teams and and espn keeps seeing and the other sites too i think say like there's going to be like six total new teams that's two more that we haven't heard about so i'm curious what those will be yeah, so I mean, we 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 talked about it briefly. What was that enormous number for watch the finals? I remember Ann said something like it was like eleven million or some huge amount like that. No, it wasn't it was... that many. Um, how many was it? I don't remember. It was up there. It was over a million. Yeah, it was over a million. It was quite a bit. I mean, people definitely tuned in for that because it was also on ESPN, right? Yeah, it was on yeah. ESPN, and it was on. Well, they they got that deal. They got that streaming deal where it was like. ESPN and then Disney XD and um, ABC, I think ABC, if I remember correctly. Um, But what they had been doing was, with the finals anyway, they were showing them, it was either ESPN, ESPN3, or... According to this article, yeah, according to this article, they had 10.8 million viewers. 10.8, okay. All right. Yeah, that's... So pretty close to 11. No, that is actually like a pretty substantial amount of people. But yeah, it it was just kind of like 
between the live streams because obviously you know they were still showing all of this on Twitch and everything between that and the television broadcast television broadcast was great because on the one hand I was watching it on the big TV in my living room and on the other hand I was watching Twitter to see how many grumpy old people who had no idea what was going on (laughs) were wondering why why are there video games on my sports station games on my sports station yeah, yeah which is they do that every time it doesn't matter what it is it could be you know the Heroes of the Dorm thing, when that first came, when Heroes of the Dorm hit ESPN, people were wondering what the heck that was, too. It was pretty great. So, yeah. I miss Overwatch League. I want it to come back. When are they starting be... season two? Can it be, like, now? <laughs> no. Let them have a little time. Yeah. But they uh, are doing, but... um, upcoming, though, is the... Uh... The All-Star Game? No, the World Cup. The Overwatch World Cup. Yeah. The World Cup. The All-Star Game is also upcoming. Yeah, All Star um, Game. I thought that was like in August, like late August. I was gonna say, well, we're in August. All Star Weekend starts August twenty fifth, and they're gonna yeah. be doing. What are they doing with the All Star Game? It's like a bunch of custom game a bunch matches, of custom right? Games. Yeah, like Mystery Heroes and Widowmaker one v ones, and I think Lucio Ball is yeah. maybe included in there somewhere, which is really funny. Yeah, um, I think the casters and analysts are playing too, and the and the players are going to be like casting the game, which is good. <laughs> They're going nuts, basically. Yeah. They're going nuts with all of it, which is pretty great. I need great. to see them play Mystery Heroes, because I want to see the team that gets, like, three Bastions and a Mercy. Yeah. Um, and then the Overwatch World Cup, the matches start on the 16th, so tomorrow. And yep, then tomorrow. it goes the 16th through the 19th. So there's a bunch of different things that are going on with that. And then the two teams that, like, come out top on that, I believe, they're going to play yes, in the finals yeah. at BlizzCon in November. Yep. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, and I think, like, uh, in terms of the the new teams, I think it's just exciting as, like, at least a viewer. Like, it's just interesting to see the new players that will be brought on because obviously tons of people play Overwatch, so maybe you'll see, like, new strategies and stuff like that while you're actually watching the games. So that's why I think these, like, new teams are just exciting to see. Hopefully it'll sort of change up the league and what the usual status quo has been. Yeah, I I find it just... I find it amazing just on a like level of this happening at all. Yeah. Quite frankly, I mean, just never, never in my lifetime has anything been this serious. I mean, I can't imagine that 10.8 million people thing just flips me out. Cannot imagine it. It's a lot of people that want to watch pro Overwatch, apparently, which is, which I is really. Say, I can imagine it. It's fun to watch. It's just yeah. fun to watch. I'm curious how many people will be watching the All-Star Games. Because those are going to be a lot, be. like a big departure. Yeah, I will be too. Because that's just going to be a different kind of wacky. Yeah. And I'm 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 down for that. That should be fun. <laughs> well, we'll definitely get to see that. But I'm going to move back to Battle for Azeroth. I don't even know what to talk about. Like, I, there's so much to talk about. I talked about the voice acting. Um, the, I ran the dungeon that, that I ran. You know, Shrine of Storms or whatever it's called. Had a good time there. But I don't really have a lot to talk about in that because I don't want to spoil the story for you. Uh, I will say that I've noticed tanking is n- it's it once not as hard as I thought it was going to be. I was going to ask you about that. Kind of harder. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because of the whole threat thing. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Um, threat didn't feel like too big an issue. I I had to work to keep it, but not like I wasn't killing myself to keep it. But again, I'm on a death knight, so yeah, I don't know how it is for other classes. Death knights have a ton of AOE threat that they can put out pretty pretty. Regularly between a uh, heart strike, which hit, you know, cleaves, um, throw down death and decay whenever it's up and use blood, you know, blood boil to throw diseases everywhere. There's a decent amount of AOE threat. I mean, it, it can get peeled. Uh, a mage who goes nuts can peel off of me. 
there's there's some times I had to actually work or use um, Corfine's Grasp and Death Grip to get things back where I wanted them. But it wasn't horrible. Damage was actually where I really felt the limitations. And uh, to a certain degree, that's partly the fact that I was still pulling like it was late Legion. Um, and it's not. They have changed the game pretty significantly in terms of mechanics. And I'm pulling like, I can pull this entire room. No, you can't pull the entire room. You actually do have to slow down and pull some groups. Um, I actually had a healer who was like, no, go for it. And I was like, all right, I'll see how far I can push this. And uh, a couple of pulls, yeah, I pushed it too far. <laughs> that's that's something I feel like everyone's going to have to get their own comfort level on, on, on how there is definitely more of an issue of you can't necessarily play your most defensive. Like, you you kind of have to... You're, you are pushing threat. You are actually doing stuff to push threat. Now, it's active mitigation, so to a certain degree, you are going to do that anyway. But it definitely feels more like, okay, this is this is work. This is something I have to actually do. Yeah, it sounds more engaging, which maybe is a good thing. It, it maybe is a good thing. Uh, I'm an old crotchety type, so I get frustrated and I want things to go the way I wanted them to go, not the way they actually are going. But tanking will teach you to learn how to react. Uh, I, I didn't feel like the dungeon was too hard. Uh, we cleared it. We we didn't have any major wipes on the bosses. We had one trash wipe because, like I said, I pulled a little too hard a couple of times. But that's that's what happens. There's a, It's definitely worthwhile to pay attention to what the group composition you are dealing with is. If it's a room full of spellcasters, don't pull the entire room full of spellcasters. Because uh, forget getting them grouped up. Uh, so that I learned. I've known that before, but I didn't have to know that in the last couple of expansions. Uh, I really do feel like it's a it's a different ball game than in Warlords or Legion, and it's probably better overall. I'm not sure what this is going to look like once everybody starts getting geared up. Yeah, um, that's my question. DPS starts getting high, uh, like a rogue with with fan and knives could probably start pulling off me, and that would be kind of annoying. I haven't felt it yet, but. We'll see what happens. That much I don't know. I, I heard you take in breath, Anne, so I assume you have a question. No, actually, I was just going to say, also, the other thing you might want to note, um, which has nothing to do with Tank Thread at all, but um, the a new Battle for Azeroth-themed kind of WoW companion app came out this week. Oh, yeah, it did. Oh, yeah, right. It yeah. updated. So um, it updated, and you can do pretty much... I don't know if it has all of the features just yet, but... Um, and maybe they'll add an auction house at some point. It is not in there. Um, keep in mind that it's just the WoW app now, I guess. It's not really like listed as like a battle for Azeroth app or anything. It's just the WoW companion app. Um, but you can do like the missions and things like that that you send out while you're leveling. You can do those via your phone. Also, quick point of note with that, you can't log into the app and be logged into the game at the same time. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. It's one or the other. So if you're out remote and, you know, you have a mission finish or something, you can send out another mission. But if you're doing something out in, you know, Drustvar and suddenly your mission comes back, you have to go back to your mission table <laughs> to actually, yeah, you can't, you can't cheat your way around that unless you log out go to the phone and yeah, then log back could, i mean but i guess it would save time still at that point it's like just fly back yeah, it's okay just guys just fly back you're fine um but you do get to look at like there are some armories features in there uh there's a calendar and there are social tabs in there but they aren't actually active i think it just says coming soon i don't know if those have been activated or not yet um i'm not in a guild currently so i'm not 
really interested in that kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter to me too much, but having the armory in there is kind of nice, and also being able to do the missions and the recruits and all of that other stuff from the app kind of makes things handy. It, from what I gather so far, and again, keep in mind that I'm not even 115 yet, it's, the, the mission table is nowhere near as involved as it was in Legion. Yeah, it didn't seem to be when I did it yesterday. Uh, one of my characters got it unlocked, and it's just, it there's was much simpler. Lot, yeah, yeah, there's not I've a lot a going few, on there but... right now. Yeah, I assume there'll be, hopefully it'll be more, a lot more. Probably, once you get closer to max level. Yeah. I mean, we did have... it ramp up faster in Legion? I don't know if I said it ramped up faster. It started, like, with three guys. Like, the missions usually had, like, three slots to start with. This actually reminded me of the Warlords mission table, because oh. it was just one guy when I started. Yeah, and it that's was very what much me of. Yeah, so I feel like they may have dialed it back a bit from Legion and towards the more uh, Warlords thing, but with it definitely let less significant in terms of the rewards. Like it's not. I don't feel like people will be doing the missions, you know, exclusively, or or building their gameplay around them. They'll, it's just a fun thing on the side to get a maybe little extra stuff. Maybe that's because they have like the island expeditions and the campaign stuff on the other. Yeah. It does feel like that, yeah. There was, I think the last mission that I sent out, there was a gold reward reward involved with it, but it was a really minor. It was like, here's 50 gold. I'm like, what am I going to get with 50 gold? Yeah, I think one of mine's like 100 gold. I'm like, oh, thanks. (laughs) They also, uh, they they nerfed the uh, rogue order hall stuff. I went to go do the pickpocketing quest this week because I was like, ooh, I'll get my extra five grand. No, it's down to 2,500 now and it <laughs> might go lower as I level higher. I think it. I think it's probably just going to offer gold while you're still relevant and at that level. I don't know. Um, I didn't look into it too closely. I just went, okay, fine. I'll take my 2,500 gold. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, probably I won't come back here again. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about leveling and stuff changing, I should, feel like I should tell you, if you're using a couple of legendaries right now, and a lot of us are, pay attention to the fact that when you hit level 116, they're no good anymore. Yeah. So uh, if you've got them, don't necessarily avoid getting gear. Once you're, once you're at a point where you're getting gear that's at or around their level, think about getting rid of them. I have one friend, uh, Joe, who actually does lore watch with us, who's keeping his because it has a socket with a gem that increases his experience gain. So he'll be keeping his for a while. But if you don't have that kind of situation, uh, the special abilities and stuff stop working at 116. That is the, the cutoff for them. So that way you won't be using them forever. I actually just replaced both of mine, my artifact. Well, both of mine. I shouldn't say both of mine because it's just one. It's the Kingslayer's. So there's two of them, but when you take it off, it's just one. It's a dagger. You replaced your artifact? Yeah, I replaced it. I completely replaced it. And then uh, the legendaries I still have kicking around. I think I got rid of one of them, and then the other one I'm still kicking around with because I found something better effect-wise. So I replaced one of them. And then um, what else? I can't remember what else. I don't know. I've been replacing a good chunk of my gear, like right off the bat. I've been replacing a good chunk of my gear. Yeah, same. I, I've kept my legendaries because they have really good synergy. Uh, I have the boots that give you like haste and movement speed equivalent to your highest stat between haste, uh, critical strike, and mastery, and that gives that, that's really good. And I have this, the ring that when you interrupt or do anything that causes the, your target to lose control of the character, you get a really massive haste boost. So I'm basically constantly Speedy Gonzalez the Death Knight, and I don't want to give that up. Yeah, so I don't think I'd give that up. I'm keeping that until the the ring stops working. 
And it's I'm already getting the thing is the, I got the ring back at the beginning of of Legion and I never upgraded it, so it's only two fifteen. So I've gotten better rings since, but I'm keeping it f- just for the effect, just for the the Cephas effect. But yeah, I'm gonna get rid of it soon. I replaced my uh, artifacts already. I got better stuff. Real, yeah, I did real too fast. immediately. Yeah, it I was took actually... a while. It took a while for mine, but I had mine beefed up pretty high. I don't know. It just it took a while for me to find because the thing is is like it's not just one weapon I had to find. I had to find two. Yeah, you had to have two daggers. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So I I found one that was already like higher than my artifact weapon, and that was great. But I didn't have an offhand that was as good. So when you look at it, what the combined eye level was with just the artifact or with, you know, really good main hand kind of crappy offhand, <laughs> the artifact won. So it took a while. It took a while for me to actually like find something. Um, I think when I was at Norwington Estate, the quest reward from that, I got a dagger that finally replaced the offhand. And I was like, okay, now I can put the artifact away. We're fine. We don't need you anymore. Goodbye, Blades. Hope you have fun murdering kings elsewhere. <laughs> And not by my hands. Anyway, uh, one of the other things that we should mention, Chris Metzen. He had kind of a part two check-in with Scott Johnson on the instance. There was a, they had an interview that came up last week that was basically kind of a catch-up with what Metzen's been up to since he's left and retired and, you know, what he thinks about what's going on in game. And it's actually a pretty good article or a pretty good uh, interview. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, go check that out. Yeah, um, you should definitely listen to it. He had some good points to make about various things. Uh, at this point, though, I think we could probably move on because otherwise we'd just be talking about Battle for Azeroth all day. Yeah. We could probably we'll do some deal, emails. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, the problem that I have is that I have to stop myself from spoiling. So it's like a – and then I did a thing, and the yeah. thing was really great. Yeah, I just so. want to talk about everything. We so, want to give uh, it a couple of weeks before we jump into blatant spoilers all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. I will say this much, which isn't a spoiler, though. I love that they've, they've extended out the technology they used at the end. You remember if you if you did in the uh, Argus stuff, there's that cinematic where you get to fight Agrimar and they actually show your character walk up to him. Um, they've extended that and used it throughout uh, Battle for Azeroth. You pop it's... up all over the place. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you look a little Just... out of place, but it lo- it's good. Depends on what you're doing. Like, if yeah. you're a corgi when you show up, then yeah, you look a yeah. lot out of place. But uh, I just like that my character has this continuous look of, can you believe this? <laughs> I cannot believe this is happening. But yeah, it's, it's been it's been fun. So yeah, but we should move on to do some emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for the show. Um, Anne reads the emails for us, says, oh, she'll be doing that now if she doesn't mind. Yep. First email is from Johnny B, Night Elf Hunter on Frostmane, who says, So, I haven't been to BlizzCon, and I was hoping you could share any sites or groups that help with meeting up fr- meeting up friends or whatnot. Meeting up with friends, I assume, or whatnot. Also, if you had any tips for a first-timer, it would be greatly appreciated. Keep up the great work, Johnny B. I have been to many a BlizzCon. Have you I've been, never to, been BlizzCon? to a BlizzCon? You've never I've been to a BlizzCon? Never been to one, nope. Okay. Um, we know I, I haven't, so... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not so sure on websites. I know that there are probably websites and stuff out there that deal with that kind of thing, but usually when I'm going to BlizzCon, I'm going in the context of working for a website. So <laughs> so I'm not really looking for meetup material or anything like that. However, tips for a first-timer. They release a schedule 
ahead of time usually, a little bit ahead of time, go through the schedule and pick what you absolutely want to see that day. Keep in mind that when you do get a BlizzCon ticket, you also get like the virtual ticket with it. So you can go back and watch any panels that you missed. So if there's something you really want to see like in person, then make sure you make time to go see that panel in person. And if there are other panels where it's like, well, I'd like to see this material, but I have something else going on at the same time that I want to go watch. And so, you know, just weigh your options. You're yeah, it seems not... like you want to commit to a goal and really do that. <laughs> You're not going to see everything. You're not going to see every panel. That convention center is gigantic. Um and you're not going to be able to book it from one end of the convention center to the other. Also, if you're planning on seeing any esports stuff, you might want to show up early for that because I know that that gets pretty crammed. Um, I'm sure this year will especially be crammed. Yeah, but it is a sight to see um, and, and definitely worth checking in on if you do like watching esports because um, the the atmosphere at these games and matches is just kind of like... It it can't be described, really. Um, as far as meeting up with people in general, usually if you're looking for people or if you're just looking for a place where a lot of people are going to be hanging out, the Lobby of the Hilton that's like directly across from the convention center, that place is usually pretty packed every night. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it again this year, but in the past couple of years, they've instated a DJ at the entrance of the thing so that it's really, really, really super loud down there and it's kind of annoying to be honest and I wish the Hilton would stop doing that but um, I don't think any of them listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> or care about one person's opinion. <laughs> Regardless, that's where everybody's hanging out at usually is over there. Also, uh, Con Before the Storm usually happens the day before the convention actually kicks off. And there's a lot of community people that are going to be there. And there's a lot of people there that are just like, you know, Blizzard fans of various games and things that are going to be chilling there and hanging out too. So that might be something you might be interested in checking out. Um I don't know for sure, but, you know, you could check maybe. I feel like I've seen posts for, like, BlizzCon meetups on, like, the subreddit, the the WoW subreddit, or maybe there's a BlizzCon subreddit. That would there be might a, be people a, there. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good place to check. I think, like, different social medias wouldn't be bad. There could be even, like, Facebook groups that people join together, too. So you could check. Yeah. Okay. Next email. This one is from Daniel, who says, My nearly nine years of playing WoW have been dominated, it seems, by the Alliance constantly losing things while the Horde rarely parentheses, if ever, loses anything. Although I lo although logically, I know Blizzard never will have one side completely defeat, dominate the other due to potentially alienating half the player base, part of my fears the Alliance will lose out by expansion's end. My question then is this. Do you have any uncertainty, uncertainties or trepidation about where the story of Battle for Azeroth might or might not go? Thanks always, and keep on casting, Daniel. Uh, I think human beings tend to and i certainly am a human being so of course i have a few things i'm concerned about but i will give them this the past couple of days of leveling have made me a heck of a lot more confident in the story than i was before i actually got to do any leveling in it um i i am on record as not being happy with what happened at Teldrassil, not enjoying it when i played through it uh, not that it was bad but that i didn't like it wasn't an experience that I had fun in. It was very much a, an emotional experience. It, it kind of hurt, really. But man, uh, they have earned at least 
some time to unfold their story with what's been going on so far. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Uh, it's really deep on both faction sides. I think they've done as well as anyone possibly could do to provide two different perspectives worth of stuff um, and to, to keep both of them in the forefront. I'm a little worried that at the end of this expansion, Night Elves won't have a place to live. And I don't like that. I don't want that to be the case. I mean, I'm playing a Night Elf. You can see the Night Elf on the stream right now if you're watching the stream. And if not, just imagine a Night Elf. Um, and I want her to have a place to live. I want her to have a home. Yeah, but I think like the tree talking... wasn't. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just saying like I was listening to the Lore Watch podcast and you were talking about how you really want to see like consequences for like the horde or especially the horde. Um, and I think that's kind of what I want to see is like, like, and kind of like what you're talking about with the night elves. Like I want to see like actual like repercussions for what happened. Yeah. But I, I'm willing now to give them the time to do it. Yeah. I'm willing to see what they come up with. Um, I definitely feel like we're seeing with both the horde and Alliance stories, like it kind of reflects the characters. There's a really good bit with Gen Greymane. Um, just when you're doing the start, when you come back and you basically get he, he the alliance has just shown up and there's a whole bit where he's talking to like this uh, Cyrus, yeah Cyrus, the harbor master, and there's a great exchange there that I really think sums up the faction. And I think the Talanji, everything Talanji does really gives you kind of a sense of where the horde's new direction is going to be, in my opinion. And that's just an opinion. I don't I, have anything I, back it up. I feel like I should interrupt here just to interject that. Um, the whole statement about the Horde rarely, if ever, losing anything is kind of misplaced because they've lost not one, not two, but three war chiefs over the past yeah. <laughs> how many years now? The fact that the Horde is is misplaced. Oh, and war Karen, chiefs. and Karen. So it's yeah, like and Karen. it's like uh, the the only original, the only original leader left from when the Horde was formed at the onset of World of Warcraft is Sylvanas Windrunner. All yeah, of the other it. ones are either dead or gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be fair, though, I mean, it's one thing to lose a guy. Yeah. And it's another thing to lose an entire city. Which the Alliance has now lost three of them. I know. I know. And and I understand that. I'm just saying you can't say that the Horde hasn't lost anything because they have. Um, yeah. So, just, um, you know, I just it's want to point a that bit, out. It's different well, in comparison. Point, the Alliance is really who's the only the only original leader of the Alliance at this point is Taronda. Taronda and um Mechatork and okay, wait, nope. I was gonna say the dwarves have the new council. So yeah, so Gelbin, Taronda. That's it? Yeah, that's right. Because Varian's gone. Varian's and gone and he wasn't even leader. Have, and the Draenei weren't there from the onset. They were there yeah. in Burning Crusade. You could argue that the Alliance sort of has its original leader back because Anduin was technically oh, King yeah. of Stormwind. Technically, yeah, yeah, technically he was King of Stormwind. <laughs> he, no one was actually asking him what to do or anything. It was very much a, now let Bolvar handle it while you stand. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, Bovar was kind of like acting regent or whatever, but yeah, it, it's still it's in terms of like faction thing. leaders. Yeah, yeah. In terms of faction leaders, the alliance has lost almost as many. Yeah, but yeah, the, the the whole thing is just it's it's I get being concerned, I get feeling upset, especially when it is a storyline that they very much wanted to make you feel things. That's what they were going for, and I think they succeeded, maybe to a degree that we weren't prepared for, but it's definitely worth giving them time to see what they do at this it point. It feels like they wanted you to be concerned and upset and they wrote it that way. Like it feels like that is the point going into it. 
which I like. Certainly isn't. Yeah, this is certainly not your previous expansions. Yeah. No, I like it. I like what they're doing. I like that they've added like this kind of dimension to everything. And yeah, it was terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. The last couple of weeks have been pretty terrible story-wise. They were not fun to look at. They were not particularly fun to play through. But it's setting up a story. And stories, if if a story was nothing but happy moments all of the time, it would be a really boring story. It wouldn't be a story, yeah. It'd be a really boring story. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go from here. But right now, just playing through the leveling zones and things like that, they got a handle on what they're doing. I trust them. I've seen what they could do with Legion. Legion impressed me. I Warlords Warlords was not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the leveling part of Warlords was fine. The end game part of Warlords was terrible. And we know it. Like we've talked about this a million different times. Legion, they came in with Legion and made something that was better than Missa Pandaria. And Missa Pandaria was my favorite from a story standpoint. Legion Legion overtook that. Battle for Azeroth looks like it's about to overtake that. So there you go. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like when they I feel like when they did the uh the ramp up to the new style of expansion plotting where they tie into each other, uh, I think Warlords suffered for being the one where they got up to speed. Uh because the leveling in Warlords is was really good. Um I remember we were, we were all talking about it. We were all pretty excited about it because we thought that the leveling experience was good and so it was probably going to be a really good expansion. And it wasn't even that the stuff they gave us after it was bad. It just was coming in very slow chunks. And then we got like the last expansion of the last patch real suddenly. And then we were done for a year. It was, yeah, it wasn't that, I don't know. They just had a whole lot of missed opportunities with that one. Hellfire Citadel is good. I'm going to say that much for it. As a raid, it's good. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Um, As far as like trepidation about where the story of Battle for Azoth might or might not go. No. Because I don't know enough about it yet to be nervous about anything. I The only brief bit of nervousness that I had, and it wasn't really much of a nervousness, it was just watching people react to what happened to Teldrassil and wondering if they were going to stick around to see what comes next. Because I know for me, when I read a really emotional, impactful part of any kind of story, it means that it's about to go somewhere really cool. So so I want to yeah. stick around for it and I'm I'm kind of hoping that not too many people jumped and they're actually going to give Battle for Azeroth a chance because the leveling experience so far it's been phenomenal, okay? Uh let's go to the next email though. Uh, this uh this one is from wait, hang on. I'm going to scroll through these. Actually, we're going to jump to the last one first, okay? So uh this one is from Dunk who says, what up, watchers? Am I crazy to think a negative side effect of the new war mode feature will be that many players never realize the complete story of the leveling zones? It seems the XP boost is, at least in part, meant to offset some of the time lost on world PvP conquests and misadventures. However, this means the player will ultimately complete less of the leveling content when he or she reaches 120 and moves on to endgame. I know this isn't a huge deal, but it bums me a bit to see the leveling and the story aspects of the zones discounted. Dunk. Feel no more worry about this because one of my characters is leveling on war mode, and that is not what happens. <laughs> okay, I'm curious. I was been I've been curious about war mode, how it, it actually works. It does not actually add that much speed to your leveling. The the percentage mm. boost sounds huge. It's but when you're actually you're actually doing it. Nah, it gets you there a little faster. Um, like I said, I've completed the story, um, the story part of Stormsong on my Fury Warrior, who is in war mode, straight up leveling through war mode on that character. 
and it got me to the eleven and change. So not much further than I would have gotten if I hadn't used it. So really, it's just a small help if you do. It's a do small the help. PvP. It's not even. For, I'll be upfront. It's not even for the if you do the PvP stuff. It's for if you get jumped and end up having to spend time getting back to your body because that's one of the inconveniences of PvP. Is sometimes you lose. Yeah, and you you know, you die, and then you have to come back, and maybe you get camped, and you die a few more times. That's all it compensates for. It doesn't really. It's not like an X because the things you do, like if you go out and you PvP and you win a PvP match, like if you're running like one of the various things, like a battleground or whatever, you get some XP. If you're doing world PvP conquests, you get XP. So it's not to make up for that. It's just to make up for the inevitable cost of PvPing because you don't get experience for world PvP as a general thing. And and it's not that big a deal. It doesn't it doesn't devalue anything. I've been seeing the story. Um, I like war mode because your war mode talents can be pretty useful and pretty strong. Uh, in fact, I feel like they're a little too strong. Uh, yeah, sometimes I, saying that. I feel sometimes like my my fury warrior in war mode just tears through things compared to my arms warrior not in war mode. And my arms warrior is geared slightly better than my fury warrior. I mean, some of that's probably also spec-related, but some of it is those those talents from War Mode. I mean, I, I have, like, basically permanent enrage. I'm, like, almost always angry. Like, I'm just flipping out. It, it's kind of fun. So, yeah, I don't I don't feel you have to worry about this. I, that's I feel your like secret. People... You're always angry. <laughs> yes. I, I should change his name to Banner while I'm at it. But, no, seriously, it's actually really not going to – I don't think it will have that effect. I mean, Even maybe if you, if you were to like out level it, I feel like there's a reason to go back and finish the leveling zones anyway for like the achievements. So yeah, I don't think it would matter. Plus, I mean, if you're gonna, you're Please gonna note, want, yeah. people, Pathfinder is going to require. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So and so is the the allied races require you to hit like I think revered with like every faction on, on your faction side, like every I think like. So. Where are you guys at with your reputation? Just out of idle curiosity. I think <laughs> yeah. I think I'm I, I don't know I think I'm like still like just friendly with everyone and honored with maybe uh, who I'm am a, I on? I'm a good chunk of the way through honored with the Seventh Legion right now. Yeah, I think I'm only honored or with not the Seventh Legion, Legion, the Admiral, or, the the Proudmore Admiralty. Yeah, I'm friendly with it. Yes, yeah, so I'm honored with them too. Yeah, I'm almost revered with them, which I'm happy about because right now I like look on the filling stream, up those bars. Since it, since I have multiple different characters, I'll just use the one that I'm currently on the stream with. You can uh-huh. see my Battle for Azeroth reputations right now. I have honored with the Order of Embers. Uh, I have Champions of Azeroth neutral and Proudmore Admiralty neutral. And that's what I got on this character. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. That's, I, you I know me. I don't think that reputation is really going to take all that long to do. But the thing is, is like, there are plenty of reasons to go back and do. The way that these zones were designed and the the size of these zones. I mean, like I said, I am not quite done with Tiragard yet and I'm almost almost halfway to 120. And that's just one zone. Yeah, I mean, you, that's you just can stay one in a zone. zone for a while. You can stay in a zone for a while, but I mean, even if you do hit max level and you want to get in on all that other stuff like the mythic dungeons and that kind of thing, it's worth it to go do the quests, to go do the quests and get them knocked out of the way. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. That. Yep. I don't think you need to worry about it one way or another. I think it'll be fine. Well, anyway, okay, uh, let's do one more email here. And <laughs> this one <laughs> this one is from Can't Milk This. Worry. What a name. <laughs> I can't sing it, unfortunately, but I totally want to sing the music do, right do, now. Do, do, do. No, um, yeah, uh, Torrent Warrior, Can't Milk <laughs> This. 
It says, hi, watchers. <laughs> I can't get over that. Do you think Jaina and the Coltarians will confront Rexar, Roken, and Chen about the death of Dale in Proudmoore? I'm imagining a scenario where Jaina arrests Chen while Lili tries to protect him, and it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Thanks, love the show, can't milk this. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, um, don't be sad because I don't think that this is going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen, but it would be sad. Here's the thing. What happened in Theramore was were Chen and, and Rexar and Rokan responsible? Yes. Did they strike the last blow? Yes. In Warcraft three they did. But as far as Colteris is concerned, and honestly as far as Jaina herself is concerned, this was her fault. She's taking responsibility for it um, and she's putting it all on herself because if she had not, if she had not said, okay, you guys need to go take care of him, go ahead and just go take care of him. Yeah. Then that wouldn't have happened. Um, So I don't think that she blames Chen and I don't think that she blames Rexar or Rokan. I don't think that she's encountered any of them actually because she wasn't really, I mean... That's She's weird, met Rexar. We went, well, no, we went and did we went and did Pandaria, right? We went and did all of Pandaria, and we were there with Chen and everything. And Jaina was there for a chunk of it because she was there for like the Thunder Isle and all of that. There, the Isle of Thunder and all of that, and the Siege of Orgrimmar. But I don't think she ever like met face to face with Chen at all during any of that. No, I don't think so either. Did she meet with Rexar at all? Not since the original events, like Warcraft Three, is yeah. the last time they they met. She yeah, has definitely not crossed paths with yeah. him. So. Yeah, I don't think she's actually, like, talked to any of them since that point. I I don't think there have been any, like, extended conversations with any of the three of them. Most of her conversations have been with Thrall in the capacity as, like, a leader and a diplomat. But I don't, I don't think that she would sit there and point fingers yeah. when she realizes that it was her making that call. And she no, realizes it. That's part of the reason why she's having nightmares. And that's part of the reason, I mean, you see it kind of in the Alliance intro cinematic. No spoilers or anything. But if you're Alliance, even if you're Horde, if you're if you're Horde and you have like a 110 Alliance alt, go through and just play through the intro. You don't have to go level through anything right now or anything, but just go play through the intro. And vice versa for, for Alliance players, if you have a Horde alt that's sitting at 110 and you haven't gone and looked at stuff yet, go play through the intro to Zandalar just to take a look at it. It's two very different experiences that have absolutely nothing to do with each other, but they're beautifully written and they play out great. Anyway, sorry. I would say, I mean, it's obviously the case that since Rokar and and Rexar are Horde, that she might confront and fight them just because they're on the other side of a fight. But I don't think it would necessarily be because of what happened to Dalen, since, as Dan said, she does take responsibility for that. Yeah, it seems like she's just moving forward. I definitely don't think she's going to be friends with them. Like, yeah. Certainly not something she's interested in doing, but absolutely. No, she, she's not going to go. She, yeah, the person she blames gonna, is herself. She's not going to go be buddy buddy, but I don't think she's going to like point any figure fingers and go off on a Manigo Montoya style or anything yeah, like that. I you don't know. Think so <laughs> if she if she blows them up, it will be dispassionately as a mage who can blow people up. And yeah, she absolutely could blow them up. No no question. This expansion points out just how terrifying this woman is. Uh, she could she could wreck them easily she she could she's scary if you do the horde openings just for that just to see how scary she is it's pretty great though (laughs) it's pretty great uh they have really powerful sorcerers on both sides actually um i really 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 i can't stress how much i like 
Is it Talanji? Is that how you pronounce that? Oh, Talanji. 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 Yeah. Okay. So Talanji, I, I really like her. I like her character. Um, and I'm looking forward to playing through Horde side because I want to see what she's up to. I want to see yeah, what happens too. to her at the end of it all. Um, Rastakhan, don't get me wrong. Rastakhan is kind of interesting in and of himself, but he's been so far removed from everything and the way that he has been portrayed throughout the course of World of Warcraft has him as this kind of dispassionate leader that doesn't, he's not really in touch with anything. So he never really struck me as terribly interesting. And putting her in as an additional element, number one, she's interesting in and of herself. And number two, her presence makes him more interesting, like automatically. So we'll just, we'll just leave that at that. Anyway, um, also, also, I gotta mention Razan. Razan is awesome. Oh, Razan's also great. I love Razan. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up here, though, because uh, we're out of time. Um, if you do enjoy our show, again, consider checking out Curiosity Stream. It has over fifteen hundred science, history, tech, and nature documentaries that you can check out. Subscriptions start at two ninety nine a month, and you get a one week free trial with that. You just go to blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity and every new subscription supports our show and everything that we do. Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, again, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be here again next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.